Greetings, guys. Welcome to Locked On Marlins Sunday Edition. The question for today's episode, it's a solo episode, by the way, is what should the Marlins be doing at first base in 2023? We went from 2022, Garrett Cooper, Jesus Aguilar, Lewin Diaz, maybe one or two others. We're now down to Garrett Cooper and seemingly no one else. So the Marlins absolutely have to do something at third base. At first base, sorry, Sunday morning. So we're going to dig into all of the options, in-house, free agents, trade options, all on today's show. You are Locked On Marlins, your daily podcast on the Miami Marlins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Greetings from England and welcome to Locked On Marlins. This is your daily Marlins podcast. I, of course, am your host, Peter Pratt. Hit me up on Twitter, of course, guys, at Miami Marlins underscore UK. Don't forget the underscore. If you are listening to the pod, thank you. Welcome to the show. Hit subscribe. Why not? It's free and available everywhere. If you would like to see me, there is a YouTube channel. It is also the channel. It's Locked On Marlins, of course. And all of the content is available Via YouTube as well. Same audio, but just you get the visual. You will see new Gymshark sweater, jumper, however you want to phrase it. It was my birthday last week, and yes, I piled into the Gymshark gear with some birthday money. And happy Thanksgiving, guys, to the U.S. listeners. I didn't do a show Thursday or Friday, hence the, the weekend shows. Happy Thanksgiving. I hope you had a wonderful holiday season. I hope you've uh, enjoyed a few wines along the way. I certainly did over the weekend as well. Um, welcome to today's show. It is a Sunday episode. I'm trying to catch up from last week, but as I teased out on Twitter and at the start of the show, I wanted to really dig into first base. I've been thinking about this uh, for some time, and equally, the moves that the Pirates have been making recently uh, got me got me considering it even more. Because surprise, surprise, Lewin Diaz was claimed, and it really felt like a great fit. Subsequently, the Pirates have, have gone away and, and added to that as well. Santana, now a Pirate, plus Lewin Diaz with no options. Uh, plus, they've traded for G-Man Choice. So the Pirates making some moves, some activity. Lewin Diaz, maybe on the outside looking in again there now as a Pirate. I don't know. Did make me think, though, what are the Marlins going to be doing here at first base? And why did they actually move on from Lewin Diaz, a league minimum guy, lefty hitter, um, you know, there could there could and should have been a role perhaps for Lewin Diaz uh, for the Marlins, but they decided to move on in favor of uh, other guys that they wanted to, to get onto the 40-man at this stage of the season. Who knows what the Pirates do with Lewin Diaz? I, it wouldn't shock me now if uh, all of a sudden Lewin Diaz uh, would be traded by the Pirates. And wouldn't that be something? The Pirates uh, pick up Lewin, a former top prospect, on the waiver wire. They add him in. They go and add some more major league talent and decide actually we're gonna we're gonna trade Lewin Diaz now and we'll get something back of value. Um, I think that would be you know not embarrassing. That's probably the wrong way. The Marlins had a roster crunch. The, the Pirates could handle it. We'll wait and see. But I, I you know I think for me it indication the indication was that unsurprisingly clubs will will like what they see with Lewin and think can we can we get it to turn around? The power has always been the glove is legit. We know that. 
So I'm very intrigued to see where things go with Lewin Diaz. So where does that leave us? As I mentioned at the start of the show, where that leaves the Marlins right now heading into 22, they had a logjam at first base, and that's half the problem with Lewin. There's been a logjam ever since Jesus Aguilar joined the club. It effectively blocked Lewin Diaz. And Aguilar was good in parts. Been 22, not so good. Although we did end up leading the club in home runs. So the Marlins ended up blocking one of their top prospects. That didn't help them. Um, and Aguilar then kind of tailed off. So here's the thing with Aguilar being moved. The Marlins have saved seven and a half million. Uh, you know, that's, I say saved. That was the the, the contract for, for Aguilar. So they have potentially that money to spend. But of course, they have to spend some of it in arbitration as their older guys continue to get more expensive. And they've obviously decided not to uh, tender Brian Anderson either. So there's some some money moving around here for the Marlins. But from a first base perspective, they have Garrett Cooper right now. You could you could add uh, you could I, I mean it's a bit of a stretch in some ways, but you could add Herrera and Canacion into the mix there. Obviously, he's played a little bit at first base at AAA, maybe even Double A when the Marlins were starting to kind of think about him positionally. Um, they didn't give him an opportunity at all. So let's consider the, you know, Coop and who else could play first base right now. Encarnacion could be an option. For me, though, the fact that he didn't take any major league reps at first base, and actually, to be honest with you, felt like an afterthought in terms of like, it was September, the season was cooked, and we had Brian Anderson playing out in right field plenty of time. It didn't make any sense then. It was clear that Brian Anderson's time was coming to an end with the Marlins. And they decided to effectively give him the Georgie Alfaro treatment of, we're going to try and increase his trade value by showing some multi-position versatility or whatever it may be. But again, it blocked Heydar Encarnacion. Could have had more reps in right field. Could have had some reps at first base. Obviously, you know, Coop uh, you know, got hurt as well at certain points along the way. There was reps to go around at first base. I'm convinced of it. But they, the Marlins, decided not to go down that path. What we did see was a little bit of Charles LeBlanc there at first base. Um, I guess, you know, in theory, LeBlanc could slide over there. But again, the profile is wrong uh, in terms of what the league and what our competitors and what our rivals, the type of production they are seeing at first base. LeBlanc ain't that dude. And the Marlins need to address it. So I'm looking at the internal options for me right now into 22, uh, sorry, into 23. There are no internal options. What does that mean? Cooper should be starting pretty much every day. And he was an all-star in 22, let's not forget it. Coop had a stunning first half, had a rancid couple of months in between, and then finished a little bit stronger. But Coop should be starting at first base for the Marlins heading into 23. And we Here's the thing with Garrett Cooper. He gets hurt a lot. Let's look at his, you know, overall his numbers. You know, 2019, uh, 381 at-bats. 2020, that's the COVID year, 120 at-bats. 2021, 215 at-bats. 2022, 414 at-bats for Coop. So, uh, take out the 2020 year, Coop has missed at least a third, a third of the season, let's say, in all of those years. In, in one of the years, he missed half the season. Coop's never had a full year, uh, ever at the major league level. 
What does that mean? And what does what does that mean for the Marlins and how they have to have a plan B? They have to have a platoon guy. And the Marlins are so righty heavy that when you consider the, the first baseman, even if it is a backup guy, if it's a platoon guy, they need to be a lefty stick. They need more lefty sticks in this in this lineup. And when you think back, again, that takes you back, right? This decision around Lewin Diaz continues to, to be a head-scratcher in some ways unless the Marlins go out there and make a huge splash at first base. And the other thing to call out about Garrett Cooper, there's health concerns, absolutely. Final year of control, final year of arbitration for Garrett Cooper. So after 2023, the Marlins, and we don't know what they're going to do in, in 23 to supplement Cooper at first base. But after 23, unless they extend Coop, they're going to have another big problem there at first base. So I think that does make things intriguing here for a, if they go down a, uh, a free agent pathway, you may look at a multi-year deal, maybe. Or if you go into the trade market, you're looking for guys that maybe have multiple years of control because there is a need at first base beyond just this year for the Marlins. And to be honest with you, the solution at the moment probably is not in-house. You know, they, they, they don't have tons, you know, tons of, uh, of of quality at first base up and down the system right now. I was thinking maybe Jacob Berry would transition into that role, perhaps at some point. Third base doesn't look to be a fit for him. So we'll see how quickly he rises through the system. But, you know, it's clearly unlikely for, for 2023. So where does this take us? They need someone to, to work with Coop. They need a, a backup guy, at least likely a lefty stick. I'm not seeing any in-house options. The Marlins clearly didn't want to give Heyrar and Canacion a go. Charles LeBlanc is not the right profile. So where do they go? Where do they go? Hopefully that sets the scene. Where we're going to go to start here is talk about our good friends over at Bet Online, of course. And it is absolutely betting season. BetOnline.net is your number one source for betting info, stats, news, and analysis. You can get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there, from football to basketball to soccer or football. And esports, they've got it all for you at betonline.net. That includes the World Cup game, England, USA. Did you watch it? Did you fall asleep? Was it a snoozer for you? Maybe. USA, in my opinion, better team. They were better the team. Anyway, they're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fix. You can head to the website today or you use your mobile device to learn more. Bet online where the game starts. And where are we going to start at first base? the Marlins going to go. Let's start with an option that requires zero prospect capital or trade capital. Let's start with the free agent class. And there's a few intriguing names out there, to be honest with you. So let's start there. The question will be, and clearly what we're hearing uh, when you hear from Kim, from Skip, from Bruce Sherman, I'm not getting the sense that they're going to really increase the payroll right now. They, they seem to be happy with the payroll where it's at. Nevertheless, first one of the day, let's think about who's available. And Anthony Rizzo was talked about. He is now signed with the Yankees, so no longer available. But the names that have been kind of popping out, I would say, Jose Abreu, um, rightly so, a big name um, that pops out and actually had a great year last year. Um, Abreu is out there. Josh Bell, Josh Bell, switch hitter. He's hit well in Lone Depot. Brandon Bell, available. Yuli, Yuli Gurriel. 
Hey, old friend Jesus Aguilar is available. Carlos Santana was available, now signed with the Pirates. Miggy Sano, Dom Smith, another name that maybe is intriguing, that, you know, had a nice had a nice spell at one at certain points with the Mets and then certainly faded as things went on. Big friends with Jazz Chisholm Jr. as well. So that's in the main your free agent class. You know, you could add in there Yoshi Satsugo. I mean, that would be useful mainly for Phil Collins' connections and throwbacks, but I'm not sure that's the the, you know, the main reason that we should be looking to to get Sudio. Anyway, so wh where's your head go out with those free agents? I think, like I said, there's been plenty of buzz around Miggy. Um, oh, sorry, again, around Jose Abreu. Rightly so. When I look at Abreu in particular, he had a, he has a absolutely brilliant year, and if you're looking for the then Abreu is your guy. He's had over 600 plate appearances in seven of the nine um, seasons, most recent seasons. And one of them was the COVID year. So in effect, eight, you know, seven of eight, where he had the opportunity, he's had over 600 plate appearances. Reminder, Cooper is kind of in and around 400 plate appearances um, in the main. He's that kind of, you know, that kind of guy. Abreu, let's, you know, he is the Andy Cooper. He can and will give you a full body of work. No doubt. Where is he at right now as a hitter? He hit over 300 in 2022. So, profile fits nice. The power, though, has dropped off a little bit from where it was earlier in his career. Dropped off, um, but certainly his OPS plus of 133 certainly plays. It will certainly play, no doubt about it. He's coming off a three-year, 50 million deal with the White Sox. He's just about to turn 36 in January. Would the Marlins consider Jose Abreu? Should they consider Jose Abreu? They absolutely should consider Jose Abreu. He, he would be the best hitter on the team probably right now. Maybe Jazz Chisholm uh, apart. Yes, Cooper was an all-star. Um, but Abreu for me would probably be an upgrade. And certainly he has been an iron man thus far. He is turning 36 very soon. Where does... What kind of... With Abreu, the main question will be, what kind of length of deal is he looking for? And likely that would be a longer-term deal. Well, it's going to come down to how much dough there is, right? But if a club says, we'll give you two, two years 30, we'll give you one year 20, like, where is he going to go? It's going to go for the guaranteed dough. So... And the problem is, you know, how is it going to age? Do the Marlins really want to be committing tons of dough beyond a one-year deal to Jose Abreu? I am not convinced. I'm not convinced. I mean, you've got, you know, Guriel is out there. He's 39 or around you know, 38, 39, Guriel. So, you know, Abreu clearly for me is still an above-average player right now. I think he's going to be looking for a multi-year deal, you would assume. If he is, I get the sense that the Marlins aren't going to go there. They do have a need beyond this year. So if they feel comfortable in Abreu and the money feels right, then they could they could pull the trigger. But I think Abreu is going to be looking for basically three over 50. I think he's going to be looking for the same kind of deal that he's just walked out of. Are the Marlins going to go 350 on Abreu right now? I'd be shocked. I'd be shocked, which is, which is sad to say. But I think that's a harsh reality now for the Marlins and all the messaging coming out around the Marlins is they're not looking to, to bump up this payroll too much. So Abreu fits the profile in that he's the best free agent first baseman available, probably. Where do you go? Where do you look next after that? If indeed Abreu is going to be 
you know, looking for too longer periods and too much money. Like I mentioned, Josh Bell, skip over him shortly. I just want to talk about Brandon Bell because for me, he is probably the other name that I think, and, and the profile that's interesting. The reason being Brandon Bell, first of all, he's a lefty. So Bell, the lefty, sounds good. He had an absolutely stunner. He had a stunner of a year in 21. It was a career year for him. And he was then, uh, he, he then from the Giants there. He then had a bit of a down year in 22, production, health, tons of things. Again, what kind of contract is Brandon Belt seeking? Is he going to be looking for a one-year deal? Is that going to suit? But for me, if the Marlins could maybe get Belt on a one-year, maybe with a team option, then I think that could be something for them to really, really consider. I do. Um, it's the same kind of question, though, really, is how comfortable are they, like, in terms of how far will they go? Thinking about Josh Bell, he's only 30. So Bell, I think, is going to be looking for quite a significantly longer period and longer commitment from clubs. There are teams out there that need a first baseman. It isn't only the Marlins. You have to call this out, that there's other teams in the hunt. I've heard definitely the Padres are looking for upgrades. The Houston Astros, I believe, are looking for first base upgrades. Like These are clubs that, A, are aggressive financially. B, they're attractive. And so for the Marlins... This goes back to a point we're talking about of Avi Garcia last year. The Marlins, you know, haven't made the postseason, you know, since 2020 in the COVID year. Um, but beyond that, for some time, the, you know, the, the, the fans don't show up. You know, there's tons of, of negatives. They've, they've only just won 69 games. So convincing a Josh Bell to, to commit to the Marlins is going to be a tough sell. It will remain a tough sell versus the Padres and the Astros. And this is where they got to with Avi, where they end up having to overpay or give too many years of commitment to secure the guy. So the Marlins are almost having to be cute. They're going to have to find dudes that other teams aren't that high on and hope that they can do something different with them and turn them around. You know, if they if they go after the top dudes, they're going to be outbid. They need to be looking at a tier lower. And for me, Josh Bell, gut feel is, he's probably going to be a fit elsewhere. Um, likely with the Marlins. I personally like him. I have, I, I, you know, it's the eye test again with Bell. Whenever I've seen him and he plays against the Marlins, I feel like he plays well. Seems to hit home runs against the Marlins. So it sticks in my mind. But are they going to go there with like a, well, again, put it this way. If a Abreu 3 over 50 or 50 over 3 is the right way of saying it. If they won't do that for Abreu, would they do that for Josh Bell? And is he worth it? Um, firstly, I'd say he, he he is worth it. Are the Marlins going to commit to that? So, so are they going to look at Brandon Bell and think, you know, one year, eight million, basically an Aguilar, you know, move Aguilar's money to Belt. Would you do that? Would Belt want to do it? I'm not sure if Belt would, but I think the Marlins should consider it for certain. I'm not sure which way they're going to go with this one. I'm not. I mean, when you look at some of the other free agents, like Miggy Sano, I guess, was a kind of interesting name. I haven't really looked at what he's done recently. Guriel at 39. You know, again, I'm not convinced that they want to go down that. I guess the wild card would be Dom Smith. Uh, but And again, Dom Smith, going back to the profile I just mentioned, that kind of fits the profile where a bit of a diamond in the rough has flashed talent and ability historically. It's kind of fell away for him recently. Could they go and get a Dom Smith and, and and kind of turn him into a guy? Maybe. 
he's played a little bit of the outfield too. He's played a bit of first base, like Dom Smith and the Marlins. To me, that feels like it could be a good fit. Is that going to excite us as fans? Probably not. Is it going to excite Jazz Chisholm? Probably. I don't know. I, I think I'm looking at this. The more I look at the free agent class, the the only opportunities I see are probably a one year Brandon Belt for eight million, or a, I mean, probably a minor league deal with with you know a major league contract at the end of it for for Dom Smith. That's probably the likelihood because whilst Abreu, Bell, they look good options, I sense that the Marlins are probably not going to be willing to commit the money in the years and other teams will do. Um, and so the Marlins are going to have to look elsewhere. I'm going to hit the pause button there on the first base uh, conundrum, guys. Tomorrow, or even later on today, this could be a double episode Sunday. We'll wait and see. Uh, I'm going to carry on, but look at the the trade market, which I think equally is intriguing for the Marlins. And probably the one they would they would maybe explore or um, with some greater vigor. Um, so thanks for making Locked On Marlins your first listen. Happy Sunday! Hopefully the Dolphins go well again today for all the Dolphins fans tuning in. Um, I'll be back very very soon. Could even be later with a double episode on Sunday. If not, it'll be Monday. Carrying on this conversation around first base and what trade opportunities the Marlins could look into to add to the depth. Until then, see you guys.